Welcome to Depth of Field. This is your host, Rachel. And this winter, I am exploring photography through the eyes of other photographers as I interview them about how they approach their craft, what drew them to photography in the first place, and get them to tell me about how they do what they do. It seems like everyone is a photographer these days, and yet one of the laments I often hear is that it's not always easy to find a community of fellow photographers. To be fair, there are so many genres, styles, and choice of subject matter that it's no wonder we find it hard to find someone who does work like us. But my guest today is here to talk about just such a club here in Kingston. If you have not heard of the Kingston Photographic Club, it is a place where photo enthusiasts around town come to gather around guest speakers, get together for club outings to practice a particular technique or subject matter, and give each other feedback on their work. Of course, upon arriving at a meeting, you might notice the familial-like atmosphere as they retort the latest inside joke, provide support for each other, and sometimes banter like you might expect a family to do. My guest today is getting fast acquainted with her new role as president as they organize their 50th anniversary. But she, of course, has her own photography as well. I want to introduce to you today, Marianne Womble. Welcome to Depth of Field. Thank you so much for coming in and for the fourth time? No, third? Third. Third time? Yep. Okay, yeah. We, we managed to do it and yep. uh, cross our fingers, everything will work out. But welcome, Marianne, to <laughs> Depth of Field. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Marianne Womble. I've been living in Kingston for the last 20 years. Uh, self-taught portrait photographer and a uh, member of the uh, Kingston Photographic Club. Yeah, and not just a member, you're the new president. Yes, I am the president. <laughs> How's that treating you so far? Uh, it's it's different. I mean, I was VP for two years, but being president, I mean, it has different responsibilities, but I still enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things to do. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess that's, I guess they got to throw the, uh, the responsibility on... Um, you know, a group of people. Yeah, there's a bunch of us. Yeah, there's myself. There's uh, Jennifer Shoniker. She's the the VP this year, the first VP. Uh, then we have Carolina Rojas. She's our uh, social chair. She's second VP. Uh, we have Ed Fletcher, who is um, our treasurer, and uh, his daughter Erlyn is our our uh, treasurer. Sorry, our secretary. So and uh, and then we have various other people. Um, who help out with uh, competitions and outings. And so there's there's quite a, a posse of people that are involved and and uh, and do a lot of work. So, yeah. Small little gang. Everyone knows each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, for people who are new to the Kingston Photographic Club, um, what is it you guys are, are here for? Well, we're not a camera club, as we like to tell people. Um, we study the art of photography. We're always trying to improve ourselves, inspire each other. Uh, we go on outings. We have uh, speakers that come uh, every other week that uh, maybe they're people that will teach us something or they'll share their experiences with us um, uh, or the, you know their particular type of photography and uh we also have, um, this year we're celebrating our 50th, so we're actually having, uh, we have a, an awards banquet every year, but this year we're extending the invitation, um, not just to uh, other local cam- uh, pho- photography clubs, but also um, to past members to come and, and just celebrate with us uh, achieving 50 years as a, as a photo club. 
Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Do you have any uh, longstanding members that stretch back that far? We do have a few, actually. Franz Molsinger is one that comes to mind. Uh, he's been around since the very beginning. And uh, there's a few others. I just don't know all the names because I've technically only been a member for like the last four years. So, But uh, there's definitely people that have been there. Uh, some 20 or 30 years I, I I like him he uh I don't I don't really know him personally but I keep hearing stories about him here and there <laughs> and one of the stories that I think stuck in my mind was uh um there was a club competition and um they were like oh it was for the annual juried exhibition ex- yeah. exhibition at um at uh, Windows Gallery. Yep. And, you know, you send in your three photos and then the whoever picks which one will go up. And he just submitted three of the same image because he really wanted this image to be in the thing. <laughs> and they were like, you can't do that, France. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when you, you like an image, you like an image. So, but that's another thing, too, that we have is the uh, the annual jury exhibition is every April at the Window Gallery. And uh, it, it is, like you say, we submit three images to be uh, uh, sort of judged or not judged really, but to be laid out in front of uh, three different judges who will decide which one is going to be the best one for the show. And uh, and then we get them framed. Uh, this year we're having the, the, the uh, theme of Kingston. We actually started doing a theme. Last year we had street photography. And this year we're doing the theme of Kingston being as, you know, it's 150 years for Canada. Uh, Kingston was the first capital of Canada. So we decided that Kingston would be the theme, which kind of leaves it really wide open. I mean, you can do a lot of different things with that. But something that sort of encompasses, you know, what makes Kingston, Kingston what it is. So I think it's called Kingston in Focus. Um, is sort of our theme for this year. So, and and we're going to be submitting uh, stuff actually for the show uh, very soon. Actually, in February, we're going to start getting things set up. We start pretty early to make sure that we have everything ready for printing. No kidding. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into that kind of stuff than uh, I think the average person realizes. Yeah. And the show's been a, a, a really great success. Like uh, on our, our sort of meet and greet opening day, we always have a very... A wide range of people that stop in and and say hello and and ask the photographers questions about their pieces and and some people sell their pieces too so and I think that you know the members of the club they like actually telling the story about their photographs so there's always a story with a photograph so always yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you have I mean it sounds like you have a lot of stuff going on at the 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 KPC yeah uh, what else? So you were mentioning you have events, you have people that come in. We have uh, a few other things on deck. Uh, I think it's uh, it's actually February. I keep forgetting it's February now. Um, we are going to be having a, a photographer coming from Romania to uh, speak. He's coming through to us via the uh, the Ottawa Photography Club, and we'll make uh, make a journey here to speak with us and share about his photography. The information will be up on our website very, very soon. And uh, he's going to be coming and and having an evening and sharing his experiences and his photography with us. And uh, it should be very exciting. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. And then what other lectures have you had uh, over the course of the year so far? Through the course of the year, we've had... um, uh, oh 
my goodness, I got to think now. <laughs> uh, I did one actually a couple of weeks ago on portrait photography with yeah. our famous Franz. <laughs> oh yes, with Franz actually. Franz and I shared the evening, and we also had Richard Martin. He actually oh, uh, he came in, and then we had Phil Sun. He was another one that came in. Um, I think he came down from Toronto. Um, he's kind of semi-retired now. I think, but his uh, his photography that he shared with us was astonishingly beautiful. Um, what does he shoot? A little bit of everything, really. Uh, there was stuff, uh, he had a lot of wildlife that he had shot. Um, he had uh, uh, stuff from, from dancers. Like, it was, it was quite a wide variety of stuff, and he was just showing all, sort of all the things that he has done and also providing advice. And uh, we also had an astrophotographer come in like star star photography he spends a lot of i can't remember his name right now but he um he spent a lot of time at the uh the dark sky viewing area and uh, talked about some of the ways that he has taken photos there and also provided advice on how to take the best um photo of this you know of the stars and what sort of things that you need to think about and what are the best nights to do it and and settings for your camera and and uh just how to achieve i guess the best results yeah absolutely give you something to give you a little bit of a shoulder to stand on while you're trying to figure this stuff out huh yeah there's a lot to, to consider like um yeah, he was explaining that in some of his um pictures that uh he um there's a lot of noise sometimes when you take a picture of the sky uh, and just, you know, things that he had done in uh, Lightroom and Photoshop to reduce the noise and make the images into what they became. Wow. So, yeah, it was really quite interesting. So and we've also had competitions. We've had two competitions this year so far. Um, we do have one more. And uh, plus we have our usual online competitions that right, are kind enough. of more private and they're themed. Um, they're kind of geared towards people that, uh, I guess might be a little more shy about sharing their photographs. So they enter the, the online cause it's kind of more of a, an anonymous, uh, competition. But you can still see those photos, correct? Yep. Yep. They're still posted online, but we don't put, uh, the scores or we don't put the names up with the pictures. So, you know, someone, you know, didn't score maybe as well as they would have liked. Uh, it's okay because... Nobody knows who's who took the picture anyway, so mm. it kind of leaves it anonymous. But at the same time, the person can kind of get feedback from the judges and uh, and know better, you know, maybe how to do better or, yeah. And uh, what, um, like, how how do you guys going back to the to the lectures? How do you guys go about finding people to come in and uh, and chat? Like you you said, you guys kind of started this season in in May. Yeah, uh, almost right after we have uh, our banquet in May, um, we start planning. We we meet together. Uh, we create a committee. Usually, it, it's always headed by the the first vice president, and uh, that person will select a few people to work together. And we basically sit and go through you know lists and, and that we have compiled over the years of speakers that we've had or speakers that we've heard of from other clubs that could potentially uh, be a good fit. And uh, once we kind of narrow the list down, then uh, we take turns sort of contacting each of those uh, photographers or artists and asking them, you know, are you available this date? Would you come in and speak to our club? And uh, we kind of go from there. But it's it's a process that takes place over the summer. And we usually try to have it all kind of nailed down by eh, maybe the end of July. 
so oh, we can start okay. putting the program together and, and considering all our dates and yeah I feel like I should take notes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it's a bit of a process and and but yeah we're it's like summertime's like oh that's when you get to relax but for us that's kind of when the work begins and and uh, I find that it's actually throughout the season because everything else is already planned. That's kind of when it's a little more relaxed sometimes. Although this year has been very busy. We've had a lot of stuff going on. So we just had um, a really nice uh, outing at the Fizart Dance Studio in Sydenham. They, uh, they let us come out and we took pictures of some of the uh, ballet dancers that they have there at the school. And they posed for us. So it was a good day to learn about uh, lighting and and portrait photography and these very lovely ladies were kind enough to model for us and uh it was a good day we had actually a really great turnout oh wow that's really nice and how many people will come out to something like this it really depends i mean there's sometimes like five people show up and then there's other times where you have 20 people show up i think it has a lot to do with uh you know the timing the weather busy people's schedules things like that so right yeah but we try to plan lots of activities so that just people can get together and, and shoot. Nice. No, that's good. And uh, what kinds of things do you feel like uh, you've learned from being a part of the club and um, having those workshops or just getting feedback and uh, chatting with other people? Um, I think over the, the course of like the last four or five years I've been a part of the club, I've definitely... Um, I definitely, I think I've improved my photography. Um, I'm always trying to do, to do better. I'm always trying to find ways to improve and um, getting feedback from judges uh, and, uh, you know, getting critiqued, you know, having people look at your work and provide you with feedback, I think is uh, important because we don't mean to, but we fall in love with our own photographs sometimes and uh, we don't see what could potentially make the photograph better um you know maybe there's just a few adjustments some cropping or something or maybe it's not a great photograph at all it's just in our minds we think it's a great photograph so it's good to get feedback from other people even if they're not necessarily a photographer to tell you you know what they like and what they don't like about the photograph and uh, and then you start to see it Instead of like, you know, with your love goggles on when you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, this is the best picture in the world. And then you find out it's not as great as you maybe thought it was. Or maybe it is and you didn't recognize that it was good. I've had that happen before. So, really? Yeah. What's that like? Well, it usually comes from my husband. Um, I took a picture of a, of a horse uh, way in my – we have a – we have a farm behind our house and uh, we had, there's a couple of horses back there. And back in 2013, we had an ice storm and right after the ice storm, everything got very cold. So traditionally, I mean, we have an ice storm, it warms up, the ice falls off the trees. And in this case, it didn't happen. And it was Christmas Eve and uh, we had just finished cleaning everything. We we're expecting company over. And I said, well, before everyone gets here, I'm going to go for a walk. And the field was solid ice, so it was it was so easy to walk across the field to the farm. And they had the, the horses there, and uh, all the, the trees and all the bushes, everything is just covered in a really thick layer of ice, and the sun is starting to come down. So you're getting this, you know, very magical, twinkly thing going on, which was the reason 
I was going out to take the photograph, but it just happened to be that one of the horses showed up and, and stepped into the picture, and so I included her in it. But I didn't really think of it as being uh, that big of a deal. And a few days later, I was playing around with it on the on the computer, and my husband came down. He says, oh, my God. He's like, I love that photograph. And he's like, that's so good. And I thought, it is? <laughs> but I just, I didn't, you know, sometimes that's why it's good to have someone, even if they're not a photographer, to look at your work and give you feedback because sometimes you're not recognizing that something is, is potentially really good. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I I find it hard to draw the line between having an objective eye come in and say what Mm -hmm. they like or dislike. And at the same time, I also don't want to, you know, be influencing things so much so that I'm just trying to figure out what what other people like. It's always a a fine line to draw. Do you you resonate with any of that or is it not so much? I find that the the worst thing that I can do is... uh, and I love looking at other photographers' work. I love it. Um, but I find if I look too much, it's like I get a jealous eye. I'm like, <laughs> and then you're, you're almost like trying to make a photograph look like that style. And then you see, you know, and some people, you see this now where there's there's so much out there with photographs and it's almost like the styles are being repeated. And it's like we're almost trying to emulate what we see. So I try really hard not to look too much at other people's photography because um, I don't want it to, I guess, over-influence my work. I want my work to be as original as I can make it and come from myself. Um, But I find if I, sometimes if I look too much, you know, it's like I'm, I feel this need to, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd taken that photograph, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I think we all do that, though. We see a photograph and like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know, why didn't I take that picture? Is there any other way that you you find works in terms of checking yourself and making sure that you are staying on target? Uh, I try to look at my photographs like I wasn't the one that took them. Mm. I don't know if that that helps me at all, but... um, I, uh, I, I try and consider it. I look at it and I say, okay, this is, this is somebody else's photograph. And then I'll sit and just sort of pick it apart and try and find all the things wrong with it. And, and then I, I'll show it with, to other people and see what they say. And opinions can vary sometimes. You'll get, always get that one person says, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, usually I think that most people, even if they're, you know, have no experience with photography. We're like, we can look at a picture um, and immediately it will grab us for one reason or another. For like, for instance, like um, a little Afghan girl, right? Everyone looks at that picture and immediately grabs you because of her eyes, look in her face. And even if you're not a photographer, you look at that picture and you can say, that's a good picture. Um, so, I mean, when you show your work to people, even if they have no experience, they can, because of the way the composition is laid out or or the subject, people will look at it and they'll immediately decide, you know, whether or not they like it Um, in like the first few seconds they look at the photograph, uh, as a rule anyway. So I think that, you know, you can always use that as feedback and kind of go from there. Like I think that helps. But I try to look at my photographs like, I wasn't the one that took them. And then that way I can maybe give myself a more honest opinion. Do you, uh, I I really like to talk to people about their selection process because I find it quite fascinating. But do you, 
like how how do you how do you go through your photos and say you know decide is it like a gut instinct thing do you have um particular standards or you know that you want to meet or questions that you want answered like how how do you go about the selection process um sometimes i i'll you know i'll go through photographs and then you know i kind of pick let's say I, i go on a trip and i come back and i'll pick 100 photographs that i love and a week later i'll go back and i'll look again and it'll probably get put down to maybe 60 and then it'll go down to 40 and then it might go down to 10 (laughs) (laughs) um because i think sometimes when i first look at photographs i'm like yeah it's great and then i go back and i'm like well maybe it's not as good as i thought and uh i think that's what happens is i just keep whittling down and i keep finding things that might not be the best about a photograph Mm. um you know, composition, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, you take a portrait and you realize that, that some aspect is out of focus. Um, and, and for me, like a portrait, I mean, depending on what type of portrait you're taking, I think a portrait needs to be in focus. In particular, the eyes really need to be sharp and in focus, unless you're trying to maybe accomplish something different. But um I think when I first go through, I sort of look for those technical issues, like is it in focus, Uh, is the composition good, stuff like that. And then afterwards, then I start wheedling it down more and say, well, you know, is this a photograph that has meaning? Does it have a good subject? Does it have a strong subject? Um, If I put this on the wall, are people going to, you know, would someone want this? Or And I kind of just keep going through that process. And in the end, I sometimes end up with, very little after I've gone through everything but um I think that that's maybe good in some ways that because it's it's easy to think everything you've taken is great um so I try to I don't know I try to not be hard on myself but (laughs) (laughs) strongly consider (laughs) yeah have you have you ever had um a photo where it doesn't match uh the criteria maybe there's something technically off with it but it's just like so um I don't know so strong or like meaningful that you that you kind of push it through anyway I think maybe that maybe more personal photos might might fit into that uh, category like um you know, photos of my kids or my family, um, I might look at them with a much different eye than I would, you know, a landscape or a, or a portrait that I've done of someone that they've requested. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that my attachment to it might be a little bit different. Like, I have a picture of my daughter sitting on the floor in the living room with our old cat. He's gone now. And he's got his his uh, face arched back so that he can have a good scratch under the chin. And she's just sitting there. And, I mean, the picture is a little bit cluttered. Uh, the coffee table's sitting there. and But I, I just kind of liked it because, you know, um, he was such a, a, a dear animal. Like, he was so kind. And he loved the kids. And, you know, she's just sitting there and scratching his, his chin. And, I mean, it's not a great photo. Uh, it's it, but it's the meaning behind the photo. Like, you know, she's just this little girl and she's, 
sitting and playing with her favorite cat and and he's just sitting there enjoying being loved and <laughs> so but i mean it's it's not like some fantastic photo but it's still um it's still an important photo and you know years and years from now we might look back at that photo and she'd be like oh i remember bailey you know we had him for such a long time and he was such a nice cat and and there she is as a little girl in her, you know, funny little T-shirt with her ballerina on it. Like it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that, I think. You know, it's not necessarily the best photograph in the world, but at the same time, um, it means something to us, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a family moment. So Yeah, absolutely. Personal photography, it's, it's such a different vein of aesthetic and appreciation, I guess. Um, but speaking of uh, portrait photography, you do mainly portrait photography, right? Or? For the most part, yeah. I mean, uh, what I put up in, um, I've had a, f a few art shows uh, in the last year. I don't usually put portrait photography uh, up in the art shows. But um, what I mainly do is I take pictures of people, um, whether they're people that I know very well or or someone that's looking for a portrait for a particular reason. Um, that's mainly what I focus on. And uh, not just like family portraits, but also like personal portraits. Um, and uh, also some of uh, the stuff that I've done in the, uh, the paintball photography category. There's a lot of uh, portrait work that I do there too. And, uh, but that's for the, for the most part, that's, that's mainly what I do. But it's just not, I guess it's not something that I put up in shows as much, but if you go to my website, you know, it's covered in <laughs> portrait photography for the most part. And what is it that draws you to portrait photography more than anything else? I guess what it is is I really like, um, I really like the way that people's faces look. And, and that could come back from uh, when I was a kid, my parents, uh, they had a, I don't know if they had a subscription to National Geographic or they just ended up with a lot of them at some point. Um, we had a, a very tall bookshelf, and it was filled with National Geographic magazines, and my parents had the thought that uh, they were very educational, so we should keep them in case I needed them for a school project. And that was back in the day when you did a school project and you went to the library and you get an encyclopedia and you'd look stuff up. And so um, I would use the – I would look through the books a lot, um, they had, uh, like, there was always like these, these pictures that would just grab you. Um, you'd see, you know, maybe a, a woman, you know, sitting in her home in Africa and, um, it, the pictures of people were the ones that I liked the most. And I didn't know, I guess, until much later on that taking pictures of people is what I preferred. Uh, I started looking at, uh, as I started getting more into photography, I started looking at uh, what people were doing. And I ran across a, a Canadian artist uh, called Joey Lawrence, and he does uh, commercial portrait photography. And I was really struck by the pictures that he took of people. And uh, I, th I realized that that was what I wanted to take pictures of. Because when you first pick up a camera, you're like, you just want to take pictures of absolutely everything, you know. But I like the way that uh, the people's faces look, their eyes, um, you know, the, the drama that you can sometimes capture uh, in a portrait. Uh, I, I really like environmental portraits, like when you're taking a picture of someone who's, you know, in their particular environment and that environment says something about them. 
Um, I think those are kind of my favorites, but yeah, I, I, it just sort of turned into that at first, you know, as I just like taking pictures. And then after a while, I realized that, uh, people were what I liked the most. So, yeah, no, I, I find that there's, um, there's a sense of challenge with uh, portrait photography as well, especially if you're going to take uh, like candid photos of people um, that you might get more with street photography or like documentary style. And it's just, it's harder than you'd think it would be because everyone reacts differently and mm-hmm. and everyone has a story to tell on their face. And it's just about trying to <laughs> capture that story somehow. <laughs> yeah. I find it's it's usually um, between the moments that they think you're going to take the picture that you get the best picture, you know, when people kind of let their guard down for just a moment and then you, you'll take a picture. And I had kind of a social experiment that I did um, about a year ago. I have a I have quite a collection of film cameras, and one in particular is uh, I have a Yashica twin lens camera. And it's it's a very old camera. It's got the two twin lenses on the front. It looks like a little box, and you open the top to look down into the viewfinder. But what's fun about this camera is not only does it look very unique compared to what you would see people walking around with nowadays, is that because you're looking down through the viewfinder, people can still see your face. So you don't have a camera lens stuck up in front of your face. So you can be talking to somebody, and you can, uh, you know, let them know that you're going to take their picture and that. But they can still see you. They're not looking at a lens. They're looking at you. And I found that not only the people want me to take their picture, I'd have perfect strangers walk up to me on the street and they're like, oh my God, I love your camera. And uh, can you take my picture? But they seem more relaxed because they could see my face. It wasn't a camera staring at them anymore. It was another person. Um, the funniest part was is that after I take the picture, they don't want to look at the back of the camera <laughs> to see it. <laughs> and I'd have to tell them, well, no, it's a film camera. You're not going to get that. But, um, yeah, I find that, you know, people can react very differently depending on how you approach them for a portrait. And um, I, I try to I try to consider maybe how they're feeling. I, most times people – when they get in front of your camera and you know you're gonna take a picture, sometimes they feel a little nervous. They don't quite know how to relax, and sometimes you just you just need to take your time and you know talk to them for a few bit, a few minutes, and ask them questions, and um, then people start to kind of relax a little bit, stop thinking so much about the camera, mm-hmm. and uh, those are the times when I like to start taking the the photographs. You're like, okay, we're ready now. Let's yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, that's some good advice in terms of (laughs) approaching people. No, seriously, I, I, uh, I'm really curious about everyone's different approach to to people in particular, um, because everyone has a different approach. I I mean, in general, you try to make the person relax and that jazz, but, um, you know, some people put music on for shoots. Some people will get, you know, the, the clients to bring in their own music. Some people won't do anything, you know, for example. And it's it's just kind of curious as to where that comes from. Um, you have some personal projects, correct? A or few. I, I had one in particular in mind. But uh, do you want to, like, how do you feel about personal projects? Pers- uh, like, first of all, well, we'll start with that again. Um what what is the importance of a personal project? I think when you have a personal project, um, 
it puts you within parameters that force you to um, get a little more, more creative. Like, for instance, if you said to yourself, today I'm only going to photograph things that are red, then you really start to to challenge yourself looking for things, right? And, and then you get a little more creative. So sometimes, like, putting yourself into these parameters of a project, you suddenly become more creative. Um, and also, if you're, if you're doing a project about a particular... Um, particular topic um, and you start exploring it, that topic you can sometimes end up going into it much deeper than you originally thought you were and you f you learn all these new things and um, you start to better understand that particular you know maybe it's a subculture or um, you know it opens your mind to different things and, and different ways of life and not everyone lives their life the same way obviously so uh, I think projects are important for just your own personal development as a photographer. But uh, yeah, I've, I've had a few little projects I do here and there, but I imagine you have one in particular that you wanted to ask me about. Yes, I wanted to ask you about uh, your, your paintballing. Yeah, that, is, uh, that was really like an accidental project. <laughs> How'd you get into that? <laughs> well, my husband started playing paintball. Um, a friend of him wanted to have him come play and, and they said, oh, yeah, you should come play too. But as I came home and he's covered in bruises uh, and I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know if that's for me. It looks a little uh, lethal. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. It doesn't hurt as much as it, you know, it looks like it, it was painful, but it really wasn't. You should really try this. He said, even if all you do is come take pictures, you should definitely come out. They love photographers. <laughs> and I kind of thought he was joking. And eventually I did try it. Um, we did like a little one-on-one -on -one game on a on a Sunday. And uh, I realized that I really did like playing paintball. It was a lot of fun. So the following week, I went to this, um, it's uh, what they call a season opener. It's like the first big game of the the season it's springtime everyone's excited they've been cooped up all winter and uh, you go there and it's it's at uh it's in Picton at the um I guess it was a mental health facility for uh the military at one time and they've gutted all the buildings and they use the whole area it's about a hundred thousand square feet of paintball field and about 900 people show up for this game so it's not a small event they have like a lot of vendors and they have uh you know there's stuff for sale there's uh i found out that they had paintball celebrities which i thought was pretty funny you know i, I see these guys they're all you know they're dressed up in their gear and then like all these little kids are wanting to get their pictures taken with these guys and i said to my husband i said what's that about and he's like oh yeah they're celebrities and they like, have youtube channels and <laughs> all the kids like them right so um and then like a week later you know, people are hunting like mad for the pictures that were taken at this game. And uh, I'm scrolling through the, the Facebook feeds. My husband's like, I told you. He's like, they really like having their pictures taken. So um, I went out, I think it was about a month later, for a really tiny game. It was like 150 people. And I took photos and I talked to the, the players that day. And, and I got some really great feedback from the pictures that I took. And, uh, and then I started showing up to almost all of the games and taking pictures of the players and taking their portraits. And um, it's a very uh, unusual community of people. It's, it's like, um, you know, everyone seems to know everybody or knows of somebody. And it's, 
it's just this big community of people that are that will do anything for anyone like you know somebody has a they've come to the game and their their marker has broken there's like five people who will step forward that have never met them before that will say hey take one of mine I have extra you can use it for the day no questions asked Uh, they raise money for charities they they just bend over backwards to help each other and they're people from every walk of life that you can imagine and uh, you know the there's such sportsmanship I want to say on the field like I see, you know, one guy will sneak up on another guy because if you touch somebody on the field on the opposite team, they're out. Um, it's a no-contact sport, but if you sneak up close enough to touch the person on the shoulder, they're out. And you know, there'll be the odd occasion where someone actually gets to do that. And, <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, yeah, it is fun. And like, the, instead of getting mad, like the guys will stand up and be like, "Oh man, that was great! I cannot believe you got me!" Like. And, you know, they'll go and congratulate each other after, you know, someone has taken you out. The, you'll walk up and say, you know, shake their hand. Oh, man, that was a good play. And, you know, there's sometimes you go to watch a sporting event and, like, people are, like, throwing th- things at each other. They're, they're hurling insults. But instead, on the field, like, people are congratulating each other. Um, and then there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of younger kids that are getting into the sport. And, you know, you'll see players out there. They have a system. It's called... Um, battle buddy and they're kind of like mentors that are on the field so they have a a sticker on their paintball mask that identifies them and younger players know that they can go to that person and that person will go with them and give them advice on the field and help them play and learn the sport wow so yeah but i started this little project and i called it the people of paintball where i was taking um environmental portraits of um just people that I found that were, I guess, impressive people um, that I had met uh, throughout the, the games that I had gone to, um, like uh, the owner of the the field there, uh, his name is Tim, and, uh, you know, anyone who comes in there with something that's broken or needs help, he immediately is there to help you, and he's just a very kind, kind person, and um, I took his portrait. I think he was a little nervous. <laughs> Um, there was there was a few others like uh, there was this guy named uh, his name is Reaper. Uh, he's like dressed up in sort of a Reaper costume when he goes on the field, and I guess he got that name because he has this ability to sneak up on people and get them, and he only carries like two little pistols with him. And uh, so I took his portrait, and he's uh, he's from California. He came all the way up to uh, Canada for a, a game a couple of years ago, and I took his portrait and. Um, wrote a little bit of information about him and um, he he spent I think half the day just signing autographs for kids and uh, when he was on the field he was out you know helping kids play and um, just really a kind person and a very outgoing person so you meet people like this who are uh, they contribute immense amounts of time uh, to sort of mentor younger players or to help out they volunteer um, all the photographers that, that go on the field are actually volunteers. They come out and they just they take the pictures and they share them with the players. So um, there's a lot of people that just do things like that just to contribute, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting, <laughs> but it was it was completely accidental. It wasn't something I, I woke up one day and said, "Ah, I'm going to be a paintball photographer." <laughs> I just I started playing and then I that my my world opened up to. Um, a whole, uh, whole bunch of possibilities I didn't consider. 
So I guess it's always a good idea to try new things, even if you think you might not like it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. This is uh, yeah. Uh, good example. Um, <laughs> and when you go out there, do you have any particular, do you, do you go out with a idea in mind or do you think, you know, it might be kind of nice to do X, Y, and Z, or are you really just kind of, you know, what does the world have to offer me today? A little bit of both. Um, it, it depends on, uh, what type of game it is. Uh, there's some games that, uh, well, actually most of them that I go out for, they're, uh, they're themed games like uh for instance they had uh the one two years in a row they had um they were star wars based games so um on each side there was always one person doing uh the jedi trials as they would call them and you had to do all these particular tasks and once you did you were then given an actual lightsaber that lights up and (laughs) i know and uh my goal was i remember when i was doing these games is that once I knew that they had a Jedi on the field was to find a, find the Jedi and get his picture um, in particular when they're inside a building so that when they turned on the, on the lightsaber that you would get this, uh, you know, the, the glow from it, uh, you know, while the player is holding it. And I got two pictures in particular that I was very fond of. And one, uh, the guy, he's, he's hiding in a corner and he's got, he's ready to get out and, and grab somebody because if you are crowned a, a Jedi on the field, that means that you can be hit 15 times with a paintball before you're considered out. 15 times by the same person. Whoa. So you're almost invincible. And if you touch somebody with the saber, they're out automatically. So he was hiding in this dark room and you could see him and you can see the lightsaber on and you can see that he's sort of getting ready to sneak out and get somebody. And um, I got that shot and I was really, really happy about it. And uh, and then I found his counterpart on the field that day. And uh, because of where he was, he was just under a tree and he was getting ready to run out. And he's sort of like mid-run and he's got the lightsaber he's like wielding it getting ready to go after somebody and you could see the paintballs kind of flying by him in the picture and that was kind of my goal for those for those games and then sometimes I um I actually bring some lighting with me and uh I'll grab particular people that have uh you know you can tell by looking at them they've put some uh, considerable effort into their outfit Uh, people dress up and uh, I'll take their picture and talk to them a little bit, grab a portrait. And um, sometimes I'm just going around taking pictures of, uh, of the action. You can see somebody sneaking up on somebody else, but you know, you can see it happening and unfolding in front of you, but the other people don't know that it's going to mm-hmm. happen. So you're kind of taking the pictures as the, as the moment unfolds. And that stuff's fun. It's challenging, too. Sometimes you can end up in the wrong place the wrong time. <laughs> so <laughs> some less fun accidents, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, a few few paintballs to the to the camera oh. and to me and you get uh, that weatherproofed. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I actually I, I put a, uh, a sports sock. I cut the end off a sports sock and I put it onto the lens uh, so that I can still turn the lens, but if uh, if something hits it, then I don't get paint or dirt in it. It keeps it clean. Smart. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> um, and just to kind of um, switch gears a little bit, uh, what, uh, well, so what's going through your head as you're kind of composing something, obviously something like that 
you know, shows up in front of you, you're kind of trying to be aware of everything that's going on so that you can capture the moment. Um, but like, how do you prepare for, for a shoot, whether it's that or whether it's portraiture or a landscape, like do you have well, a strategy or, uh, well, if it's, if it's landscape, it's obviously a, a little less challenging Then you're, you're thinking more about the light and, uh, what you want to include or maybe what you don't want to include in the shot. Um, light is so important with a with a portrait with with landscape um light really really changes how uh you know a place will look you know how it looks in the morning is not the same way it's going to look in the afternoon um i remember when i went to ireland uh last year we were driving towards the cliffs of moor and we were trying to get to our bed and breakfast uh because we didn't want to get there too late we had we'd been on the road and we just we didn't want these people who were uh, welcoming us into their house to be up late waiting for us to arrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were driving along this road that goes along the Cliffs of Moher. You can you can see down to the ocean. And the light was out of this world. I wish we had time to stop at that time because it was like this crazy, beautiful pink glow and you could see the waves crashing up onto the onto the shore. It was just incredible. And then the next morning when we got back, we went back there very early in the morning and it was a completely different look. Like it had, it was still just as beautiful, but you know, with the light being on the opposite side, it it just didn't look the same. It was a completely different place. So, um, you know, I think that I'm always trying to consider like if I'm taking a landscape or if I'm taking a picture of a a castle, um, I'm trying to consider that, that light uh, will obviously change the way that it looks a lot. Um, when it comes to being on like the paintball field, <laughs> I have ideas in my head about what I'm hoping for um, because I've been out there so much. I uh, you can kind of anticipate what you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the way that a person is moving that you know they're might gonna they're gonna run. Um, and usually a shot where someone is running and, uh, and shooting at the same time is, is, is going to be exciting, um, to capture that moment where they're, they're sprinting across the field and they're, they're going for their target. And, um, there's, there's always, I guess it's, com- it's different, but you're, you're always kind of hoping and anticipating what you might, you always have something I think in your mind about what you're hoping to capture, but mm. It's just done a little differently depending on what you're taking a picture of. With portraits, though, I don't really think too much about it. Um, I find if I'm taking someone's portrait, I'll sit and talk to them for a little bit, ask them questions, and um, I'll take a few pictures between those questions, and then you'll see something. You'll see something, and you'll say, oh, hold that, Mm -hmm. right? Because you know you're waiting for them to, to... not necessarily let down their guard completely because I don't know if anyone completely lets their guard down when they're having their portrait taken, but there's, you're waiting for them to just sort of naturally react in the conversation. And then you'll suddenly see that, that moment Mm. where they, maybe they tilt their head a certain way or they look a certain way. And then that, that's what you're looking for, but you don't sometimes know it until you see it. And I like to ask this question, what do you think is the most worthwhile investment that you've made into your your photography, your craft? And uh, so, for example, that can be like your time, money, gear, energy, anything. 
something that has contributed heavily to your craft? I would say um, learning. Um, I've had a multitude of different cameras. <laughs> I've had, uh, you know, lots of different types of gear that I, I like and that I find, um, you know, is, is definitely an asset to what I'm trying to accomplish. But I think that... <clears throat> More than anything, um, learning, investing in, in learning has been definitely what has made all the difference. Um, I've, gone to, I've gone to workshops uh, abroad, like I went to one in, uh, in Colorado, in Telluride, and that was a, an, a, an incredible experience. I got to learn, you know, uh, an amazing amount of information about lighting and how to light a person. Um, I got a lot of feedback from, you know, uh, very prominent photographers who have really mastered their craft. So it was, it was a great opportunity to get feedback, but, and then I've gone to, you know, uh, I went to a workshop, uh, not too long ago with, uh, Joe McNally and again, to learn more about lighting and, uh, sort of the, the aspects of, that to consider when you're taking a picture of someone. And I think that, Beyond anything, I mean, you could have a, you could have a little tiny uh, throwaway film camera, <laughs> but if you have the knowledge, um, it really doesn't matter what type of camera you have, you, you're going to do well. Um, obviously, the camera makes it a little bit easier if you have the controls and, uh, you know, the, the things that you need to create the picture you're hoping for, but I think that investing in, uh, in knowledge and in learning and always trying to challenge yourself is definitely something that's going to become an asset that's worth investing in. Is uh, there anything in particular you you would recommend, like uh, resources? Um, I found that uh, uh, Creative Live uh, has been definitely a great place to learn stuff. Um, the Kelby One online website is really great, too. Uh, they have some very solid little workshops that you can uh, you can watch in your spare time that will teach you a multitude of things like you know uh, lighting or how to uh, manipulate things in Photoshop or different effects that you can work with or or there was there's even been some that are just about particular cameras um, and I I remember I watched the one about my uh, D750 that I got and it was great I, I found about all these controls that I didn't know existed on my camera isn't that handy <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, I'm not when it comes to my camera I'm not very technical I, I mean I use it to take photographs but uh, you know my coworker can sit and talk circles around me about the buffering <laughs> speed of my camera and I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> yeah that's about what it is so is that why I paid like five hundred dollars more than I wanted to? <laughs> yeah, really. So yeah, it's uh, it, it. I found that stuff like that's very handy, and they're inexpensive too. Ways to you know just do a little bit of extra learning, and I mean, there's definitely lots of books I've gotten a hold of right now. I'm reading uh, the Photographer's Playbook, which has been a really cool book too. Uh, it's a book that's. The ideas and uh, project ideas and assignments that you can give yourself uh, that uh, have come from other photographers in the field and teachers and, uh, yeah, stuff like that. I think that you should always just consider to find ways to challenge your mind and uh, keep learning. 
Hmm. There's always something new to learn. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with all these new cameras coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's interesting. I mean, photography is in such a different age now than it than it was even just, I think, 20 years ago. That uh, there's so much that, that you can choose. Like, there's so many different angles that you can start with, you know. Yeah. Um, like, iPhoneography, for example. <laughs> Whoever thought that was going to be a thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> they have, like, the iPhone uh, photography awards now. And there's, like, wow. some really amazing pictures I've seen that have come out of that. I've listened to, uh, I was listening to a podcast, and this one street photographer was talking about how that is his camera of choice, actually, because it's so conspicuous. Yes. People do not, whatever, everyone takes pictures with their iPhone. Who yeah. cares, right? And that is exactly what he's looking for because he's a street photographer and he doesn't want people to react. So he's like, well, it's got a pretty good camera, so I use it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, you if you're out on the street and you have, uh, you know, you can you can put your phone up and start taking a picture of something. Nobody nobody even bothers with you. But if you have like a, a DSLR in your hand and, and put that up to your eye, <laughs> run for all, the hills. <laughs> all of a sudden everyone's staring at you and they're like, oh, "You're taking a picture of me." And I'm just like, "Well, if I pulled out my iPhone, I'm still taking a picture of you." But for some reason you don't care. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can definitely see. And and really, I mean, the camera's a tool, so it doesn't matter if it's in a phone, if it doesn't matter if it's DSLR. So I've seen some unbelievable work that is done with with phone cameras. <laughs> so I don't think it matters. Um, you can still do amazing things. Um, and uh, before we go, I, I want to ask you um, if you were interviewing someone that you whose work you admired, um, what, what would you want to ask them? What kinds of questions are you keen on asking other photographers? <laughs> I might ask them maybe um, what inspires them, um, what, what, maybe what process they would follow to create a picture, because everyone has a different, different way of approaching it. Um, it's kind of cool because sometimes you know they they tell you and you realize that your process is is somewhat similar to theirs and you know you might think your process is a little oddball until you listen to somebody else's but um i was actually listening to a, another person who uh, said that they scope out uh, an area that they want to take a picture and then they sit and figure out uh, using like Google Earth what the best time of day is and to, to, to go and take that picture. And they plan for a very specific time to go and, and take a photograph of a particular area. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I didn't, you know, they put obviously a lot of planning into, you know, where they're going to take a picture and what they're going to take a picture of. Wow. And then, you know, you have people who are street photographers who just sort of step out and say, okay, well, I'm going to see what happens today, <laughs> you know? So, um, but I, I think I would probably ask people about, you know, what, what inspires them and, and sort of what, what their process is. Cause I find that interesting to find out how someone approaches what they're, they're hoping to accomplish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, the hour flew by pretty fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming in and uh, sitting and chatting with me about the club and about your own photography. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have people in and uh, chat with them yeah. about photography. So well, thanks for having me. Yeah, no. And uh, before we go, just do you want to tell people where they can find you? 
Um, if people would like to come and visit my website, uh, they can go to maryannwombolt.com. Um, I, I haven't blogged a lot lately, but I probably will be having more adventures up there. I'm going to be returning to Ireland in a few months. And, uh, but if people want to drop by, they can drop by my Facebook page, um, or my website and just say hello. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And that was uh, my interview with Mary Ann Wombolt. Uh, if you do want to check out her stuff and uh, you don't use Facebook, you can search Mary Ann Wombolt, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-W-A-M-B-O-L-D-T. And if you do have Facebook, check out my page for this show. You can find all the links there. Uh, just type in at CFRC Depth of Field into the search bar and uh, you should find it as well as past episodes um, and uh, little things that are happening in the community. So check out the page if you want to see what's going on. And if you want to check out my photography, you can find me on Instagram. Just type in my username, which is at the ugly umbrella and my stuff will come up. You can also message me there if you like. Otherwise, thank you for listening and have a good week. See you next Saturday.